Section three of Arts and Crafts Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Of Decorative Painting and Design by Walter Crane. The term decorative painting implies the existence of painting which is not decorative, a strange state of things for an art which primarily and preeminently appeals to the eye. If we look back to the times when the arts and crafts were in their most flourishing and vigorous condition, and dwelt together like brethren in unity, say to the fifteenth century, such a distinction did not exist. Painting only differed in its application and in degree, not in kind. In the painting of a MS, of the panels of a coffer, of a ceiling, a wall, or an altarpiece, the painting was alike, however different his theme and conception, and possessed with a paramount impulse to decorate, to make the space or surface he dealt with as lovely to the eye in design and color as he had the skill to do. The art of painting has, however, become considerably differentiated since those days. We are here in the 19th century encumbered with many distinctions in the art. There is obviously much painting which is not decorative, or ornamental in any sense, which has indeed quite other objects. It may be the presentment of the more superficial natural facts, phases, or accidents of light, the pictorial dramatizing of life or past history, the pointing of a moral or the embodiment of romance and poetic thought or symbol. Not but what it is quite possible for a painter to deal with such things, and yet to produce a work that shall be decorative. A picture, of course, may be a piece of decorative art, of the most beautiful kind. But, to begin with, if it is an easel picture, it is not necessarily related to anything but itself. Its painter is not bound to consider anything outside its own dimensions, and, indeed, the practice of holding large and mixed picture shows has taught him the uselessness of so doing. Then, too, the demand for literal presentment of the superficial facts or faces of, the na of nature often removes the painter and his picture still farther from the architectural, decorative, and constructive artist and the handicraftsman, who are bound to think of plan and design and materials, of the adaption of their work, in short, while the painter seeks only to be an unbiased recorder of all accidents and sensational conditions of nature and life. And so we get our illustrated newspapers on a grand scale. An illustrated newspaper, however, in spite of the skill and enterprise 
it may absorb is not somehow a joy forever and after all if literalism and instantaneous appearances are the only thing worth striving for in painting the photograph beats any painter at that if truth is the object of the modern painter of pictures truth is as distinct from or opposed to beauty beauty is certainly the object of the decorative painter but beauty not necessarily severed from truth without beauty however decoration has no reason for existence indeed it can hardly be said to exist next to beauty the first essential of a decoration is that it shall be related to its environment that it shall express or acknowledge the conditions under which it exists if a fresco on a wall for instance it adorns the wall without attempting to look like a hole cut in it through which something is accidentally seen if a painting on a vase it acknowledges the convexity of the shape and helps to express instead of contradicting it if on a panel in a cabinet or door it spreads itself in an appropriate filling on an organic plan to cover it being in short ornamental by its very nature and its first business is to ornament there exist therefore certain definite tests for the work of the decorative artist does the design fit its place and material is it in scale with its surroundings and in harmony with itself is it fair and lovely in color has it beauty and invention has it thought and poetic feeling these are the demands a decorator has to answer and by his answer he must stand or fall but such questions show that the scope of decoration is no mean one it must be acknowledged that a mixed exhibition does not easily afford the fairest or completest tests of such qualities an exhibition is at best a compromise a convenience a means of comparison and to enable work to be shown to the public but of course is after all only really and properly exhibited when it is in the place and position and light for which it was destined the tests by which to judge a designer's work are only complete then as the stem and branches to the leaves flowers and fruit of a tree so is design to painting in decoration one cannot exist without the other as the beauty of a figure depends upon the well-built and well-proportioned skeleton and its mechanism you cannot separate a house from its plan and foundations so it is in decoration often thought of lightly as something trivial and superficial a merely aimless combination of curves and colors or a mere rechauffe of the dead languages of art but really demanding the best thought and capacity of a man and in the range of its application it is not less comprehensive the mural painter is not only a painter but a poet historian 
dramatist, philosopher, what should we know, how much should we realize, of the ancient world and its life without him, and his brother, the architectural sculptor? How would ancient Egypt live without her wall paintings, or Rome, or Pompeii, or medieval Italy? How much of beauty, as well as history, is contained in the illuminated pages of the books of the Middle Ages? Some modern essays in mural painting show that the habit of mind and method of work fostered by the production of trifles for the picture market is not favorable to monumental painting neither the mood nor the skill indeed can be grown like a mushroom such works as the sistine chapel the stanzi of raphael the appartamente borgia are the result of long practice through many centuries and intimate relationship and harmony in the arts as well as a certain unity of public sentiment the true soil for the growth of the painter in this higher sense is a rich and varied external life familiarity from early youth with the uses and materials and methods and the hand facility which comes of close and constant acquaintanceship with the tools of the artist who sums up and includes in himself other crafts such as modeling carving and the hammering of metal architectural design and a knowledge of all the ways man has used to beautify and deck the surroundings and accessories of life to satisfy his delight in beauty we know that painting was strictly an applied art in its earlier history and all through the Middle Ages, painters were in close alliance with the other crafts of design, and their work in one craft no doubt reacted on and influenced that of another, while each was kept distinct. At all events, painters like Albert Durer and Holbein were also masters of design in all ways. Through the various arts and crafts, of the greek medieval or early renaissance periods there is evident from the examples which have come down to us a certain unity of common character in design asserting itself through all diverse individualities each art is kept distinct with a complete recognition of the capacity and advantages of its own particular method and purpose in our age for various reasons social commercial economic the specialized and purely pictorial painter is dominant his aims and methods influence other arts and crafts but by no means advantageously as a rule since unchecked by judicious ideas of design attempts are made in unsuitable materials to reduce so-called realistic force and superficial and accidental appearances dependent on peculiar qualities of lighting and atmosphere quite out of place in any other method than painting or in any place but an easel picture from such tendencies such influences as these in the matter of applied art and design 
we are striving to recover one of the first results is perhaps this apparently artificial distinction between decorative and other painting but along with this we have painters whose easel pictures are in feeling and treatment quite adaptable as wall and panel decorations and they are painters who as a rule have studied other methods in art and drawn their inspiration from the mode of medieval or early times much might be said of different methods and materials of work in decorative painting but i have hardly space here the decorative painter prefers a certain flatness of effect and therefore such methods as fresco in which the colors are laid on while the plaster ground is wet and tempera naturally appeal to him in the latter the colors ground in water and used with size or white and yolk of egg are prepared with starch worked on a dry ground drying lighter than when they were put on have a peculiar luminous quality while the surface is free from any gloss both these methods need direct painting and finishing as the work proceeds by a method of working in ordinary oil colors on a ground of fibrous plaster using rectified spirit or turpentine or benzene as a medium much of the quality of fresco or tempera may be obtained with the advantage that the plaster ground may be a movable panel there are however other fields for the decorative painting than wall painting as for instance domestic furniture which may vary in degree of elaboration from the highly ornate casson or marriage coffer of medieval italy to the wreaths and sprays which decked chairs and bedposts even within our century there's been of some late some revival of painting as applied chiefly to the panels of cabinets or the decoration of piano fronts and cases the same causes produce the same results with the search after and desire for beauty in life we are again driven to study the laws of beauty in design and painting and in so doing painters will find again the lost thread the golden link of connection and intimate association with the sister arts and handicrafts whereof none is before or after another none is greater or less than the other end of section three